Welcome to episode 201 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, you don't have to own a pair of spurs and a horse to cowboy camp. All you need is a clear night and a sense of adventure. Then we'll share a listener's story as she introduced her kid to backpacking. Next, a backpack hack that flies in the face of the cotton is rotten adage. And we'll wrap up with a little trail wisdom from someone who believed in answering life's call for adventure with a hearty yes. All this and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. We're so excited from our Pacific Crest Trail hike that we did a couple weeks ago. We had a fantastic time. Now that we're back in the comfort of our own home, (laughs) we can say we had a fantastic time. It was so amazing. It was also grueling and difficult. And yet we want to do it again. Yeah, there were some uh, blistery moments. Some uh, uncomfortable moments and some, uh, yeah, real uh, moments that pushed us. But yeah, it's type two fun. We want to do it again. And it was totally worth every ounce of energy that we put into it. And one of the big changes that we made on this hike was cowboy camping. We've done tents, we've done tarps, we've done hammocks, and this time we ditched all of them. Cowboy camping is just a cute term for sleeping under the stars. So you don't have any kind of structure over you. You're just camping like a cowboy, you know, like they used to do with their bedrolls. And uh, you see it in Westerns a lot. They just have this blanket that they toss over them and all you see are the boots sticking out at the end and they got their cowboy hat tilted over their head. So (laughs) you have some protection from bugs and scorpions and bad guys. And the moon shining in their eyes. (laughs) Yep. And the moon. Just put the cowboy hat over your head (laughs) and you're good for the night. I think our first exposure to cowboy camping probably was from the old TV show Maverick, which we love to watch. We've (laughs) seen many seasons of it over and over. And you see Brett or Bart Maverick out there, usually with some city slicker or some girl that they've picked (laughs) up. You know, they're helping this girl with some project like a cattle drive or something. I don't know. (laughs) Or running away from the law. And... (laughs) And so it it shows Brett or Bart Maverick just kind of leaning up against a log, tipping their cowboy hat over their face, and just relaxing and going to sleep. And then it shows the other person, and it has this really loud soundtrack of like crickets and twigs breaking (laughs) and owls hooting and woodpeckers pecking. And this person is just like wired, looking (laughs) all around them going, ah, And I think that was our impression of cowboy camping as well. Right. This would freak me out. There's no way I'd ever do it. We were definitely inspired by the old Westerns. Well, inspired or afraid? Afraid? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it kind of planted the seed, I guess, in our mind. Right. Along with the thought of, ooh, that's scary. (laughs) Right. But it was on my first backpacking trip, that 40-mile trail around Mount Hood, where I was really exposed to... The idea that cowboy camping is a 
viable way to camp when you're backpacking. One of the guys on the trip spent most of that week cowboy camping. He would just lay out his tarp every night and sleep out under the stars. And when I saw that, I was kind of scared for him and mortified and decided that is something I will never do. I could never do that. That looks kind of risky and that's not my kind of fun. And so we always just kind of avoided it. The closest that we got was hammock camping. And that's where you set up a hammock between two trees. And usually there's some kind of tarp over you, but you're not completely enclosed, at least not the way that we did it. There are some systems where you can be completely enclosed and that's helpful if you're in buggy areas or you just like the feeling of being completely enclosed. But as with a lot of things, kind of the more you let them percolate in your mind and kind of simmer in that great crock pot upstairs, the more it starts to make sense why people would do this. We decided to do true cowboy camping. We went with a sleeping bag, sleeping pads, so we'd be insulated, and a little ground cover so we would have protection from the moisture from the ground. And that was it. I can think of two things that motivated us to try cowboy camping this summer. One was a trip that I took I went up to scout camp for a couple nights with our boys, and I happened to be there for the night that our troop did the horse camp overnighter. Everyone on a horse rode for a few miles and then cowboy camped, of course. We were on horses <laughs> um, for that night. And then the next morning we got up and rode back. And it was after that night that I realized, oh, I slept fine. I wasn't awake all night. In fact, the only time that I woke up during the night was when the full moon started shining in my eyes and I had to kind of pull my sleeping bag or the sleeping quilt over top of my head to keep the light out. So for me personally, that was kind of my trigger where I said, wait a minute, this is number one, easy. And number two, I slept well all night. I can do this. And I think the other motivation was that we were getting ready for our Pacific Crest Trail hike and we were really interested in cutting weight in every way that we could. And we recognized that tents were a big piece of the weight in our packs. I mean, you could be up to five pounds in some cases. And if you're carrying two-person tents, then that means that between the four of us, me and Heather and our two sons that were going, that would be two two-person tents. And that might be an extra eight pounds or so of weight, depending on which tents we took. And so we saw an opportunity there and said, wait a minute, if we can go tentless, and we can pack a couple of light tarps, we might be able to save a lot of weight. So that got us thinking too, ah, maybe we should try this. And luckily, before we took the PCT hike, we had an opportunity over the summer to try cowboy camping. And that was on our trip that we took to Utah. I had a trip for work, but we camped a couple nights along the way to get there, turned it into kind of a family vacation, and we just slept out under the stars in the Alverd Playa in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. And we slept out under the stars again at Clover Spring over by Tooele, Utah. So on top of the benefits of not having to carry a tent, it also makes it so your setup at night is super fast. And that was a real benefit that I noticed when we camped at the Alvord Playa and at Clover Springs over uh, summer vacation was that when we got into these spots, it was starting to get dark. We had some weather issues that we kind of had to wait out, like lightning and rain. So by the time it was time to go to bed, it was so great to just roll out our tarp on the ground so we could have protection from the moisture from the ground, rolled out our sleeping pads, and then rolled out our sleeping bags and 
that was it. No pitching a tent, no making sure the guy lines were taut. It was so simple. And then in the morning, just as simple to take everything down because you don't have to pull everything out through the door of the tent. It's right there in front of you. You roll it all up, stuff it in your pack, and you're ready to go. And that came in handy on the Pacific Crest Trail hike when we had some long days. And, you know, arriving at camp in the evening, all we wanted to do was just roll out the sleeping bags and go to bed. So it's funny that something that we were so averse to and just could never even imagine ourselves doing is now something that we've really enjoyed over this past summer. And it's just totally changed our perspective, I think, especially that perspective of what it really takes in terms of gear to go backpacking. I was talking to one of our friends the other day, and and this is the family that we took on their first backpacking trip back in the spring. And I was telling him about how we had uh, over this summer sort of uh, converted to cowboy camping. And he said something along the lines of, wow, we were definitely not there yet. I can't even imagine sleeping without a tent. And it kind of illustrated for me, you know, we've been doing this for four years now. It took us four years to have this decision where we were going to even try sleeping without a tent. That's a long time. And and it's interesting how we try new things in backpacking as we go. And some of those things, it's many years before you kind of step out into that little piece of darkness to try it out and, and see what's there. So maybe this idea of cowboy camping does not appeal to you at all. Maybe it terrifies you and you are not there yet. But if you are kind of thinking, hey, that sounds really appealing. I could drop some weight. I could see the stars in the middle of the night. I could have this amazing outdoor experience and be a little more vulnerable. Then we have some tips for you. Today's top five list is the top five tips for cowboy camping to ensure that you have a great experience. No guarantees that a mouse won't run across your face. It hasn't happened to us, but there are some things that you can do to make sure that it will be a good experience. Yeah, I want to make sure we don't just inspire someone to go cowboy camping and so they just leave all their gear home and head out into the woods and put themselves at risk because they don't have shelter. So here's some tips that are going to make it an enjoyable and safe experience. The number one tip is to pick a warmish, dry night. Our very first cowboy camping night together was actually at a church camp out earlier in the summer, and we decided we were going to just lay out in the field, and everyone else was kind of doing the same thing. There were some families that just decided to lay out in the field because it was a warm, dry night, and we were all together, and it was an established ranch, campground-type place, so it was a very safe first attempt at cowboy camping together. And uh, it rained the next morning. It did. It poured. (laughs) That was after we woke up. Yeah, we got all of our gear put away. But uh, that first, that night was dry and I'm so glad it was. Um, Then, as Josh said, we camped in the Alvord Desert and in Clover Springs and we did have some weather issues there, but we had a backup plan. You know, we could always go to a hotel. Okay, but the nearest hotel was a long ways away. But we did have our hotel on wheels. We we were car camping. <laughs> yeah. And so that was our backup, was if it started raining, we pile into the minivan. Five of us in a minivan, no, I'm really not interested in that, but it was available. 
So picking a warmish dry night. So something probably in the lower 50s would be a good place to start where you know it's going to be dry. You're not going to wake up with frost on your sleeping bag. Like we did on the Pacific Crest Trail. (laughs) Right. So if you want to have a really great jump into cowboy camping, pick a night where the weather is going to be most accommodating. The one morning we had on the Pacific Crest Trail where we woke up with frost on our sleeping bag was largely due to the location that we chose. We were down in a low spot in a meadow next to Sisters Mirror Lake. And that's just the kind of spot that creates and attracts a lot of dew, or in this case, frost overnight, because of all of that moisture coming off the lake and all of that moisture coming out of the grasses and and plants of the meadow. People who were just maybe 100 feet away from us under the trees, everything was dry there. So now we know the location that you choose can have an impact on whether it's going to be a dry night. The number two tip for successful cowboy camping is to pack a waterproof ground cover. Yes, your sleeping pad is probably waterproof, but having something that completely covers the ground underneath you is going to prevent moisture that's already in the ground from seeping up into your sleeping bag as it kind of dips over the edges of your sleeping pad. So what we used as our waterproof ground cover is called a window insulation kit for patio doors. It's something that you find at a hardware store, but it's about 10 feet by 7 feet costs about $12 and it is a great piece of gear. You just use it like you would use a footprint for a tent. You just lay it out right underneath you and it will keep everything dry. And this was really interesting to me on our PCT hike. There were some nights that we woke up and that ground cloth was completely dry. And then other nights we woke up and it was saturated underneath from water that had come up out of the ground. So I'm really grateful that we used it every night of our hike as that layer of insurance to make sure that we weren't going to just soak ourselves from underneath. The number three tip for successful cowboy camping is to pack a little bit warmer than normal. So a tent automatically provides that extra five to ten maybe degrees of warmth and I guess insulation, although it's not a lot of insulation, but a tent provides wind protection. So if you're going to be cowboy camping and you expect some wind to be blowing down your sleeping bag, you're going to want some extra warm clothes with you. Yeah, on the Alvard Playa, it got a little windy overnight and it was very warm, so we were fine. But we woke up with dust all over us because we were just right down there on the surface of the clay. And when the wind picked up, it blew this dust on everything. But we really noticed the temperature difference that a tent can make on the one night on the PCT where we did set up our Appy Trails Mark V tent. And uh, I stayed outside a lot of the time after the tent was set up because it was kind of smelly <laughs> inside. It was bad. <laughs> and uh, But when I did finally climb inside the tent, I recognized it was way warmer in the tent than it was outside. The number four tip for successful cowboy camping is plan for bugs. So... We sprayed the outside of our sleeping bag with permethrin. We also sprayed our outer clothing, so we didn't spray any hats or underwear. We also had DEET with us, and also I packed a head net. So if you are concerned about being eaten alive, or if you're just one of those people who bugs love, then plan for bugs, especially mosquitoes. I guess every region has its own special bug to be aware of. You know, you got your scorpions and your spiders and your ants and all those. Oh, 
ticks. I can't forget ticks. So plan for the bug that you are either most afraid of or that you know is a problem in your area. I was really worried about mosquitoes before we took the PCT hike. I had these uh, kind of nightmares of um, that I would wake up in the morning and my whole face would be puffed up from mosquito bites <laughs> and that I wouldn't even notice them biting me overnight. We lucked out. So I don't know if it was because of the permethrin treatment that we used or just the weather that week or what. Uh, we heard from someone else who did a couple weeks prior to us on the PCT and had a horrible time with bugs. And But we did okay. And I didn't wake up with a puffy face, so that was good. And the number five tip for cowboy camping is the most important tip. Number five is have an emergency shelter on hand. Know how to use it. Be ready to set it up. We said that as we prepared for our PCT hike, we were interested in saving weight and that one way we could save weight was to not carry tents. However, we did have our backup plan in place. Um, beyond each of us carrying a little, you know, foil emergency blanket that we never use, we did carry one tent. It was our Appy Trails Mark V tent, as I mentioned. We carried that one because it's supposed to fit five people and there were four of us going on this hike and it's under two pounds. So we knew that in a pinch we could set up the Appy Trails tent and it would keep the rain off of us and it would be able to fit both of us plus our two sons that were on the hike with us. And we did in fact use it one night on the trip. So don't risk it. Don't go completely without shelter just because it sounds cool and romantic and everything. You've got to have some sort of plan in place because if it starts raining or gets super windy or cold, you got to have something that you can do to protect yourself. And a couple things that we learned while we were cowboy camping this summer was uh, it's kind of tricky to dress in your sleeping bag. Of course, you could go out about 200 yards into the woods and have a completely secluded dressing area, but that seems like a lot of work just to change your clothes for the day. So if you do want to change your clothes and you want some privacy, you'll have to learn how to dress in your sleeping bag. It is a struggle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes five times as long and is, is really like a full body workout. Yeah, or you just do what I did and not change. Just wear the same clothes all week. Yep. <laughs> Especially for an overnighter. You, know, you don't need to change your clothes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we learned or discovered, you've got to open your eyes in the middle of the night. I mean, as soon as the sun goes down, the stars start coming out and the darker it gets, the brighter the stars become. And you can get a view of our solar system like you've never seen before. It's incredible. So we recommend cowboy camping. Either we've planted a seed in your mind to get you kind of thinking about it, or we have pushed you over the edge and you will try this on your next trip. But it's definitely worth it. There are some things that we've mentioned here that will make it a much better experience. And it's a great way to have a fully immersive outdoor experience and really feel like you're part of the outdoors. Today we have some audio from a listener. Michelle shares her story of how she got her whole family into backpacking. And I love this story because she shares some of the, the struggle and some of the amazing rewards that came from taking her family out backpacking. Hi, my name is Michelle. The last backpacking trip I did was three weekends ago. 
I'm 40 years old now, but when I was in my 20s, I did my share of backpacking and I even worked at REI for a little while and accumulated lots of neat gear. And when I moved to Texas in my early 30s, I met my husband, I got married, I had a kid and slowly my backpacking gear got traded out for car camping gear. And it was it was the right move. You know, my old REI half dome was not going to fit me and my husband and my daughter and my two dogs. So it got stuffed in the back of the garage and we bought a much more reasonable REI base camp six and it had enough room for all of us. And it was perfect for what we were doing. Um, after Allie was born five years ago, I really felt this strong urge to get her outside as much as possible. And I'm not a perfect mother, but I feel pretty certain about this. Um, I don't think anyone can argue that it's a bad idea for a kid to spend more time away from screens and outside and learning life lessons and spending quality time with their family. I knew that I could get that part right. And when we were car camping, you know, it's fun and maybe some of it was just ego, but I kept thinking, you know, I know there's more out there. I've, you know, I know that it's out there. There's some kind of magic that happens not far from the parking lot and you don't plan for it. It just sort of happens. And I knew I knew that could happen. And Brett had never been backpacking either. And I just kept having this picture of the five of us out there in the wilderness for weeks at a time with no screens and no calendars. And those are the things that I love about spending that much time outside. Your backpacking life kind of becomes normal life. And your time, like your life in town or in civilization is kind of weird when you're out there. It's like that other life. And um, I really enjoy that part. So a few months ago, I said to Brett, you know, let's go backpacking. And we have friends who have a better variety of gear and they wanted to take their eight-year-old daughter on her first trip. And of course I started doubting that we could do it. You know, all of that doubt, you know, we can't afford new gear. The zipper on my sleeping bag is broken. We don't have real sleeping pads. We just have ridge rests and my hips are not okay with ridge rests anymore. Um, I somewhere lost my stove and my water filter We'd either have to rehabilitate my half dome somehow or buy a new tent, which we couldn't afford, or somehow bring this huge six-person tent. You know, what if Allie didn't enjoy it? You know, on and on and on. And I kept thinking, no, like, this doesn't have to be pretty. We don't even have to cook food. Just break the seal, get out there, get one under your belt. So I found this mile-and-a-half trail that ended at the shore of Georgetown Lake that's about 30 minutes from our house. We shared the water filter and stove from our friend. We somehow shoved that huge six-person tent into this 20-year-old spare backpack I had. Allie put her clothes in her little school backpack, and it and it was perfect. I mean, it wasn't perfect, perfect, but it was the way it was supposed to be. They're never perfect. And it was really windy, so setting up that six-person tent was like a sail on a boat, and I forgot the stakes, of course, so that was even harder. And I didn't sleep real well. It got down to 40 degrees. And I kept waking up to make sure Allie's hat was on and she wasn't too cold. And I learned a book full of lessons that I wrote down when I got home, but it was perfect. Allie did so great and the magic did happen and I knew it would. And she, she and our daughter's friend sat in the grass and sketched things they saw in nature and we helped them fly a kite. And right before we fell asleep, there was this owl hooting right over our tent and we talked about owls and I taught her how to filter water. And in the morning, she said to me, she goes, mommy, can we just live out here and never go home? And I was like, it was, uh, as a mom that just felt, it felt so good. And I just am so grateful that we decided to do that. And I can't wait to spend 
so many more miles on the trail with them. And we want to thank Michelle for sharing her story with us. If you have a story to share, you can share it at thefirst40miles.com slash story. For today's backpack hack of the week, we have a really great use for old towels. I came up with this idea of repurposing an old towel because for me, one of the big morale boosters at the end of the day is taking care of my feet. I love having clean feet at the end of the day, and I love the feeling of crawling into my sleeping bag with clean feet. I mean, everything else on me can be stinky and sweaty and dirty and dusty, but I love clean feet. And even on my very first backpacking trip, every night I would clean off my feet with a little cotton ball and some rubbing alcohol and then apply some lotion onto my feet. But I realized after that first trip that a cotton ball can only go so far when cleaning your feet, especially if you have dust that is really stuck in all the little cracks in between your toes. So for our recent Pacific Crest trail hike, I decided to leave the cotton balls at home and cut up these little three by three sections of an old terry cloth cotton towel and they worked perfectly. They were the perfect size. I used one every night to get my feet clean. I would just get it kind of wet with a little bit of soap and water and then clean my feet. And the great thing about terry cloth is it's so tough and it also has those little kind of nubbies on it that really do a great job of scrubbing. The other benefit to using these little terry cloth towel squares is that they are 100% biodegradable. So if you use one up to clean off your feet, you can kind of just shove it in the cat hole the next morning and it will biodegrade. These little three by three squares that I cut up can also be used if you just want to do an overall sponge bath or if you want to just clean your face or get your hands extra clean. Whatever it is that you want to clean, they're the perfect little size, perfect texture. And if you're repurposing a towel, then they're free. This is a good example of how different backpacking is from home life. <laughs> you know, people want towels, bath towels that are what, like three feet by four feet? There, that's huge. Who needs that much? You only need three <laughs> inches by three inches. Exactly. Did you use these as single use items throughout the week? Like you packed a pile of them or did you ever take one and rinse it out when you were done and reuse it? Yeah, I did. I actually rinsed them out a few times. I took enough for each day, but yeah, I did rinse them out because I decided I wanted a clean face one day. So I cleaned my face and then I used that same little towel to clean my feet. Yes, they're definitely reusable. So you don't have to just bury it. You can totally reuse it. Just don't rinse it out in a body of water. Rinse it out with your water bottle by just kind of squeezing it away from a body of water because you don't want your body oils and sweat and everything collecting in a body of water. And I think this is one of those hacks that's kind of like cowboy camping. Either it's going to appeal to some people or some people will say, mm, that sounds like not for me. But it worked really great for me. So that's why we're passing it on today, because it's going to resonate with some backpackers. And we'll leave you today with a little bit of trail wisdom from Joseph Campbell. He said, the only question in life is whether or not you are going to answer a hearty yes to your adventure. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out thefirst40miles.com slash shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles.
so. Are you are you going to answer a hearty yes? Yes. Uh, that was not a hearty yes. That was, I'm sorry. That was a um, that was a semi convincing yes. It just wasn't hearty. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. 